Hey guys, welcome to the weekly podcast of Bethel Assembly, Sedalia, Missouri. It's our prayer that this message is an encouragement and a blessing to your life. If you want more information about Bethel Assembly, please go to our website, BethelAssembly.info. Thanks again. All right, well, we're going to jump right into our message. I struggle. Can I be honest with you this morning? I struggled a little bit um, with this message because this is Mother's Day. And, and I'm like, okay, God, so I need to preach something on the Proverbs 31 woman. I need to pre- preach something on what it means to be a mom and, and how awesome moms are and what role they play in the, in the family. And I need to preach something about that. But I could not get past our series that we're in right now. And Jesus never said that. So I struggled. In fact, I went to Pastor Andy's office and I'm like, what do I do? It's Mother's Day. I got to preach Mother's Day. So I really began to pray and seek God and God, what do you have? And I really felt that this message for this morning is what I was supposed to speak today. I know it has nothing to do with Mother's Day. Um, so consider Happy Mother's Day. That's, that's your portion. Now I want all of us to pay attention and listen to what God has because we really want to dive into this series. As we wrap it up today, this is the last Sunday in this series in a, in a series called Jesus Never Said That. And I really hope and I trust that over the last several weeks that God has spoken to you and really brought some things to light and you've gotten to know him a little bit better in and through this series. Has that been the case? Amen. Amen. I've had several people walk up and and say, Pastor, man, that was that was right up my alley. That's just right what God's dealing with my life on. Or you've read my mail or, you know, you've bugged my house or or something like that. But I appreciate when God leads us and directs us and shows us what we need to hear. Um, Next Sunday, we're going to start a five week series that we're simply calling the elephants in the room. You know that thing that we don't talk about very often? Um, We're going to look at the third part of the Godhead. We talk a lot about God the Father, right? We talk a lot about Jesus. In fact, we just had Easter a few weeks ago, and we talked extensively about what he did on the cross of Calvary for us. But there's a third part of the Godhead that oftentimes we hide in the corner. We treat him kind of like Cousin Eddie. And we don't really like to talk about him because... There's a lot of controversy or confusion. What does he even mean? What does he do in our lives? What role does he play? Is it even effective in today's culture? What do we do with the Holy Spirit? So we're going to spend about five weeks talking about the Holy Spirit. What role does he play in our lives? I would encourage you to be here. Because I believe that many Christians have done themselves an injustice by trying to live off of two-thirds of God. We're really good about connecting with God the Father. We're really good about connecting with Jesus, but we forget about the Holy Spirit. And one of the last things that Jesus said when he, before he left this earth, he said this. He said, it's really good that I'm going. Because since I'm going, I'm able to send to you an advocate. I'm able to send the Holy Spirit for you. We need the Holy Spirit in our lives. So I challenge you, encourage you, be with us next Sunday as we jump into this series the elephants in the room. 
Now this morning I want to take some time to, to look at a statement that is not always a favorite, and quite honestly it's, it's very difficult to preach, and I'm glad that I didn't get the title out sooner. Some of you might have brought tomatoes to throw my direction. It's a hard topic, but I believe that we've got to look at all aspects of what we think God says, or what we think Jesus says, or, or what we put into his mouth that really isn't him. Today I want to look at our final misquote, and it's this. The church exists to meet your needs. How often, and don't raise your hand and testify to this, but how often have we been guilty of saying, well, the church just isn't meeting my needs. We say it with such conviction, almost as if we believe that Jesus would say that. It's so easy for us in our culture to make church a matter of preference. It's so easy in our culture to make church a matter of self-promotion. And we miss the true reason why the church exists. We say things such as, the church isn't meeting my needs. Or, I don't like the style of music, Pastor Andy. I'm just not being fed. Or I'm mad at so-and-so because they didn't say hi to me this morning. I was at a, another church several weeks ago leading one of their annual business meetings. And, and I overheard this lady walk in. And she walked past this guy who was sitting on the second row. And she walked by and she goes, you didn't say hi to me this morning. So I walked up and I said, well, I got a question. Did you say hi to him? See, I wasn't the pastor there, so I can get away with that kind of stuff. <laughs> we get so up in arms about so many things. Please hear my heart today. I, I really, I'm telling you, I struggled. I struggled. God, do you really want me to share this message? And I, I really felt that we've got to hear the truth of God's word. I, I want you to grab a hold of the fact of what Jesus did say. He never said the church exists to meet your needs. In fact, the church is here, listen very carefully, the church is here to equip you to reach beyond yourself to meet the needs of someone else. Come on, let me say that again. The church is here to equip you, to empower you, to give you the ability to reach beyond yourself to meet the needs of someone else. Oftentimes, it's a need in our lives that we don't even realize that we need. Let's talk about the church for a moment. What is the church? If I was to ask you, give me your best definition of the church most of you would probably say, well, it's a man-made physical building in which people gather every single week and they have a service together in a room that we call a, a worship center or a sanctuary, an auditorium of some sort. There's oftentimes a children's area or a, a youth area, a nursery even. And, and really, if you're lucky, the church has coffee. But that's really not what the church is. You see, in the New Testament's, the word church comes from the Greek word ekklesia. Ekklesia simply means those called out. It refers to a, a group of people that are brought together for a specific reason. In the religious sense, the word refers to people who are brought together by God to worship God. 
I want you to understand that the church is not a a man-made physical building. The church is not something we construct so we can come together and have a service. But the church is us. We are the church. To put it in simple terms, it's a people that are called by God, set apart for a purpose, a task. A people set in motion by God. So what is that purpose that he's laid upon our hearts? What is that purpose that he has placed upon the church? Is that purpose to meet your needs and to meet my needs? Well, not exactly. See, we as a church must not settle into the mindset that our culture promotes. The, the church culture cannot become a, a self-absorbed, self-promoting, or self-focused church. The moment, listen carefully, the moment the church begins to look inward and fails to look outward is the moment the church begins to die. If you want to know the definition of a healthy, strong, growing church, it's a church that looks beyond themselves. that looks outside of these walls, that loves the unlovable, that reaches into the broken, that goes into the areas and and compels them to come in. Don't get me wrong, I'm not saying the church is one that accepts everyone's sin. No, the church is one that accepts everyone, lets God deal with the sin. Are we willing to be that kind of church are you willing you the church are you willing to be that kind of church i fear that the corporate church has fallen into the the trap of consumerizing the church and its preferences and its purpose if i were to poll you this morning i'm fairly certain that i would have oh about 150 different opinions of what the church should look like. How many songs that we should sing on a Sunday morning. How long the preacher should preach in his message. What topic, I mean, come on, for goodness sake, it's, it's Mother's Day, he should preach about mom. What the temperature should be. By the way, we have a consistent 70 degrees year round. I do that on purpose. That way no one can say, well, it was hotter this morning than last week. No, it's 70 degrees what it is all year long we all have our opinions what should the kids church look like what kind of coffee should we have we all have our opinions what color should the carpet be what color should the walls be the list goes on and on but god did not establish the church on preference but to fulfill the mission that he has set before us a people that are called out for him Pastor Stephen Furtick, the pastor at Elevation Church, that once said this. I love this quote. If the mark of a Christian maturity is a bunch of people who want to create a museum glorifying and preserving their personal preferences and then sanctify it by calling it a church, count me out. I agree 100%. If all we have become is a museum, if all we have become is a place, a glorified country club, then count me out. 
Because we've missed the heart of God. We've missed what He's called us to be. Jesus never said, the church exists to meet your needs. No, the church exists to equip you, to empower you, to give you an ability to reach beyond yourself, to impact a broken, lost, perverse world for the kingdom of God. As a church, our mission, Bethel Assembly's mission, those of you that have been around the the block a few times with us, you've heard this. Hundreds of times, maybe this is your first time here this morning. Let me share with you why this body, why this church exists. Our mission, love, reach, and empower people of all cultures for Jesus Christ. Love, reach, and empower. That's our hearts. To reach the one that no one else is reaching. To invest in the one that is broken. To empower the one that has an ability but fails to understand that ability. Why is it so important that we take the time to remember why we exist? Because if we fail to remember who we are, we will fail to follow and fulfill our purpose. If we fail to remember who we are we will fail to follow and fulfill our purpose we will find ourselves just existing as a church we will find ourselves just coming into church and going through the routine going to our designated seats by the way some of you have confused me this morning because you're not sitting in your right area I know where you are and you've moved around on me this morning. But we get so comfortable, we have our spot that we like to sit. And I understand that we're creatures of habits. We have a certain place we like to park. Right? I've got my parking spot during the week. Any staff that parks in my parking spot is fired the next day. Just kidding. Kind of. No, we become creatures of habit. We just come in and and do our thing. Oh, we're singing three songs, and then we're going to sit down, then we're going to watch a video, and then we're going to have the message, and then we'll leave, and pastor will get up and say, thanks for coming, have a great week. And we go through the routine, and we miss our purpose. And then we say things like, well, the church just isn't meeting my needs. How do we come to that place? Because we lose sight of why we truly exist. So why does a church exist? What's the base purpose of of why we are here together? Well, this morning, I want to take just a few moments and I want to look at three purposes Three purposes of the church, not just Bethel Assembly, but the corporate church. Why does the church exist? Number one is this. We exist, the church exists, to share the good news of Jesus with, say it with me. Oh, well, pastor, I I just, when I leave the church building, I don't really tell many people about Jesus because 
my relationship with him is private. Where do you see that in scripture? Where, where do you see that? Because nowhere in the Bible do I see where Jesus says, all right, here's the deal. The moment you give your life to Christ, it's a private, personal relationship, and you don't need to tell anybody. But just the opposite is true. He tells us, go everywhere, tell everyone of what Jesus has done in your life. Some of you in your B.C. days, your before Christ days, were dirty, dirty rotten scoundrels. Any prior dirty, rotten scoundrels in the house? What's funny is most of them are sitting up front. That is awesome. <laughs> that is awesome. Maybe it's because you were running late and all the back seats were filled already. That was it. Yes, you prior dirty, rotten scoundrels, we are supposed to, according to God's word, be open and share what Jesus has done in our lives. Now remember, we're not talking about a man-made building. We're not talking about a not-for-profit 501c3 organization. Some of you have no clue what I just said there. It's okay. But we're talking about a group of people that are called out, that have been set apart with a purpose, and in this moment, that purpose is to tell other people about the saving grace of Jesus Christ. See, the church was not created just so that we could have a place to have a service on Sunday morning. No, the establishment, the church as we know it, is set in motion so that you and I can pursue the, the pers uh, purpose and passion and calling and the reason for our setting apart that God has placed upon our lives. What is that calling? What is that purpose? Well, according to Mark chapter 16, it's this. Jesus is speaking. He says now this. He says, go into all the world. Where does the world begin? here but it extends out doesn't it see see too often we get stuck in the mindset that well this is our church world this is it this is where i need to be but we are to share the good news of jesus in all the world look at this and preach the good news to there's that word again everyone now, some of you got really nervous right there because there was that P word, preach. And you're thinking, well, pastor, I, I'm, not, I'm not, not a preacher. I can't really get up and preach in front of people. That's not what we're talking about here. The word preach literally means to herald, to proclaim like a town crier. Now, none of us are old enough to remember a town crier, but they used to stand in the streets and they used to herald things that the people needed to hear. Hear ye, hear ye, right? Anybody remember those days? <laughs> Don't point at your wife. Not smart today. No, but that's what we're supposed to do with the message of Jesus Christ. Now, I'm not saying that you need to get a soapbox and go stand on the corner of 65 and 50 and stand there with your 40-pound leather Bible and preach to everybody. No, but you've got to live the life. You've got to share the truth. You've got to proclaim what Jesus has done 
in your life, confidently proclaim what he's done in you. What change has taken place inside of you? You see, your testimony is unique to you. Some are in the room right now, and here's what you're thinking in your head. Well, pastor, that's why we pay you. No, you see, that, that's, not, that's not my role. That's not my role. That's not Pastor Andy's role. It's not Pastor Lanley's role. It's not our missionary's role. You see, people expect us to talk about Jesus. I'll tell you, the most awkward moment ever is when I meet a new person in public and we're talking and they say this, well, what do you do for a living? I said, well, I'm a pastor. Oh, And they begin to apologize for things they have said or, or even thought while we were standing there together. But people expect me to talk about Jesus. When I talk about Jesus and talk to them about Jesus, they say things like, well, that's what I expected you to say because you're a pastor. On the other hand, when you talk about what Jesus has done in your life, they see you in a whole different light. Suddenly, you're the satisfied customer. See, people outside of these walls will tend to listen to you so much more than they will listen to me. Why? Because you have a relationship with them. No one else can share your testimony. No one else can share what God has done in your life. And here's the tragedy. If you don't share what He has done in your life, that's a part of your life's message that God has placed in you that will never